May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Cuke Audio podcast. I'm DC, Pubov Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives. Doing our part to help preserve the legacy of Shunju Suzuki and those whose paths cross his and anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So today we have a guest, uh, Shamsul Bahari. Uh, Shamsul is from Malaysia. Uh, You know, I live in Bali, and uh, it's just uh, a little hop over the ocean there to uh, where he is in Penang, up in the north of Malaysia. And um, darn, if I'd known, we, we were there some years ago or looked him up, but that still is possible. Um, anyway, I, I know Shamsul from Green Gold's Farm, and uh, he has a pretty interesting tale, you know, how he got there what happened to him afterwards. And um, he's back in Penang. He was born there. And uh, so look, just as, oh, 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 look, go to his uh, website. You want to know about him? Just go to uh, cheeseburgerbuddha.blogspot.com. Cheeseburgerbuddha.blogspot.com. Yeah, and he's written a lot there. He's on Facebook, too. So uh, when you hear the bell, if you're of such a mind, hit pause and and meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you, you're ready to come back, hit unpause. And we'll be here to hit the bell to end the meditation or whatever. And uh, we'll give Shamsul Bahari a call. Hello. Hey, Shamsu. How you hey, doing? Hey, baby. Long time. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah, how are you doing? All right. All right. All right? Yeah. Yeah. Bali suits you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice here. <laughs> yeah, we were up in Penang not that long ago. Well, six years ago or something. Oh. Uh uh, if I'd have known, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, known, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was in Penang in 1988. 88, huh? Yeah, that was great. That's a long time ago. Yeah, it's like what 25 years ago. What we do here? No, no, that's 35 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Traveling, just traveling. 
Um, well, that's when we, uh, when Elon and I, uh, well, that's right before uh, Elon came over and we lived in Japan for four years. I'd been in Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You moved with you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I was living in Japan, but my son Kelly came over for two months and we went to Thailand. We went to Penang to, mm. you know, to get the visa. You know, Thailand, that makes everything so hard. Like, you stay there 15 days, you gotta leave the country and come back. So I loved Penang. That was great. Uh, How is it now? Uh, Pretty much the same. A lot of new buildings and stuff, but life is pretty much the same. Oh, that's good. You know, a a little more hectic, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. When you were here, mostly it was more yeah. relaxed. Mm. Yeah. So, how long how long have you been in Bali now? Almost ten years. Ten years in December. Wow. Yeah. You were wearing sarong now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice here. Uh, yeah. It's not perfect, you know. Uh, mm. It's certainly not what people think it is. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe it's because we aged. Yeah. Well, you know, travel <laughs> writing, uh, it, it, it just tends to idealize places, you know? Yeah. And it sort of repeats the myths about them. And it, they tend to show the same sorts of idealized pictures and everything. Uh, but. Yeah. Listen, there's plenty online and plenty published about Bali. Oh, my God. So uh, yeah, you, can, you can dig deeper if you want. We like uh, yeah. we like uh, Malaysia. Uh, we have friends mm. in Kuala Lumpur, and we've spent a little time there. Uh, engaged mm. Buddhists. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that we know mm. through Zen Center Connection Buddhist Peace Fellowship. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, what what are you up to in uh, Penang these days? Well, I still do some painting, you know. I have shows once in a while. Uh, pretty much, kind of uh, do nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> look, I looked on you know, your Facebook page. You got two Facebook pages. You've got Samso Bahari, uh, friend yes. and then artist. And, uh, you've got, um, you've got, um, the, uh, the cheeseburger Buddha blog. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you've written quite a lot of, uh, you know, uh, well thought out stuff there. Uh, and, um, I'd see what you're up to. You're, you're pretty well yeah. established. Uh, as an artist there in Penang, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. How long? How, how long have you? Been? Yeah, but I don't, you know, I'm doing a lot of inner development. Mm-hmm. I take care of my two kids; they take care of me. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of free time, so a lot of meditating, a lot of you know, looking into you know, same stuff, but. Uh, Pretty much uh, inwards more than outwards. So that's why I do nothing. 
Uh, I completely sympathize. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, you were born in Penang, is that correct? Born and raised, yes. Yeah. Um, then, uh, sorry. Yeah, tell me what happened. The... Tell me about it. I want to... What happened? Yeah, next? I was born here. Uh, <laughs> at 12, I moved to East Coast, Trangano, on the East Coast of Malaya. Yeah. Atlantan, Trangano. Yeah, grew up there teen, as a teenager. See, I was adopted when I was born. I have a twin brother here. Oh. And my twin brother was raised by my family, and I was raised by my uncle, who raised me as a Buddhist for uh-huh. 12 years. Yeah. And I have a temple here that was originally why my grandfather came, to do the painting of the murals inside the temple, Mahindra Buddhist temple here. In Penang? So, yes, that's oh. why I, I studied Buddhism as a child. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. But the rest of the family were all Muslims. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, all- I wondered about that because, uh, you know, in, t- in terms of remembering you, but also in terms of what you're writing about now, your teams, yeah. you, you have a very sort of uh non-denominational international uh flavor you know um yeah uh, so uh, i want to say something about buddhists in penang uh i've done uh, vipassana retreats here in bali and yeah. uh, pr- r- traditional ones i mean they have some mm-hmm. that are a little more uh uh modern type uh, but i do ones i've done ones with uh uh, Myanmar monks and, um, uh, uh, well, you know, in the uh, tradition. And there was a group of people, I think it was all guys, who uh, came from Penang to this one retreat I was at. You know, like, like a 10 day, 11 day retreat. Mm-hmm. And they Chinese were the Muslim. most serious sitters. <laughs> They were, and I—I I, I mean, they were really into it. Man, those guys didn't move. There was one yeah. guy who who wouldn't get up for walking meditation. I saw—I saw him <laughs> sit for hours without moving. And then, hmm. you know, before it started yeah. and after it was over, they're all real nice guys and real easy going. Of course, they want me to come up there and. Uh, uh, do a, a Vipassana <laughs> retreat with them. God, I'm getting a little um, up in the years. Uh, I think they might mm-hmm. kill me, but uh, I really respected them anyway. Uh, mm. Yeah. They were mostly Chinese? Uh, no. I, I. It's sort of hard to tell sometimes because people are mixed blood and stuff. But, yeah. no, I did not get the impression... Uh, uh, were they, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, Caucasian? Uh, uh, were they, uh, uh, were they, um, you, Bumiputra? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bumiputras, Malays. Yeah. Uh, I oh. think some of them were Bumiputra, you know, just like. Really? Uh, normal. But I might like be me. wrong. I might be wrong. Um, they were brown like me, you know, pretty much. Yeah, I think so. But, you know. 
I'd have to ask them. They didn't, you know, I know a number, a number of Chinese Indonesians and they, okay. they're a little distinctive, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and the, the, the Buddhists, there's sort of two types of Buddhists here in general, I think. There's the mm-hmm. sort of family temple, Chinese family type Buddhism that, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and then there's the, the people that are into Vipassana and, yeah. uh, 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 the, 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 the founder of the biggest Buddhist temple here, uh, Bhante Giri, uh, he's mm. Balinese, but he went and studied in, uh, in Myanmar and he founded the temple here in like 73 and it was a big deal. The Dalai Lama came. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and they've had lots of retreats there. It's not a practicing temple. It's just okay. a temple with a manager, really. And uh, they'll, mm. they'll have some nuns there. Mm. One nun's a friend. I like her. Uh, runs the office. But they just have retreats. And they, mm. they're really well-funded. They have lots of mm. statues, stupa and pagoda and a lot of people, you know, are a little offended. It's too much money going into it. It's a big tourist uh, spot. But um, I enjoyed my retreats there. Anyway, so your your uncle raised you as a Buddha. That was in Penang. Yes. And then I moved to the East Coast. And what happened there? Where I was converted to Islam. Mm-hmm. The rest of my family never were never Buddhist. They were all originally Muslim, but my uncle was the only one who refused to become a Muslim. He <laughs> originally, my uncle, my grandfather were all from Sri Lanka. Oh. And he came from, yeah, oh. and my grandfather came from Sri Lanka to do that temple here, to paint the inner oh. meditation hall and everything. Oh, so I want to see it. Yeah, I have a legacy here sitting right in my backyard of my grandfather's works. You know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. my father was also from Sri Lanka. Oh. Uh, he was he was a gold, they called him goldsmith. You know, they don't oh, yeah. call him Jordy. Yeah, in the old days where they sit on their ass and start making jewelry out of a gold bar, you know, pounding wow. away and pumping the flame, you know, with your leg and all this. But he was, a, well, I was a master craftsman for jewelry. That's where my artistic talent comes from. I think my grandfather, my father. But mm. he was, a, yeah, anyway, you know, sadly enough, he was like a loser. You know, he was drunk all the time. Same with my grandfather. Now, who, who, who was drunk all the time? My Both of them. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, that happens. <laughs> <They're downfall>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, but we managed uh, to break out of that, that shell and uh, not let you know. But anyway, I was raised in the East Coast after that and became involved in the Muslim side of life. You know, like I was uh, into the martial arts silat mm. group. Adopted in, and so I did a lot of the Muslim style of meditation and so on, you know, got mm. through both. Yeah. Mm. 
And then later on in my life, I met my first wife, wife and had a child and went to America. <laughs> what year was that? Oh, incidentally, uh, I already sent you one happy birthday, but happy birthday again. Uh-huh. Thank you, thank you. August 13th. Uh, that's my mother's. My, that's my mother's oh. birthday. Oh yeah, yeah. It or it was my. <laughs> it was my mother's mm. birthday. Uh, uh, if you don't mind, how old are you now? I'm seventy-eight. Seventy. You're three years, four uh, years older than yeah, me. Yeah, you're seventy-four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, good, good. And you did a lot. We did a lot. We did a lot in life. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we have earned. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, I, um, uh, the rites of passage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, through it, the yeah. bad, good, and bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. what year did you go to America? Uh, seventy-four, I think. All right now, seventy-four. Um, yeah. had, had you? Uh, how much education had you had? High school. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because I did not do well in the last final of the, they call it here, uh, uh, school certificate. Yeah. Final, uh, you know, uh, because I, I hated mathematics and I never even write up. I just wrote my name on the papers and slapped them, walk out twice. Uh-huh. In the finals. So I couldn't get through. I got only third grade. So I couldn't qualify for the university here. Ah. But when I was in America, and I worked for three years in the packing house and all in Green Bay. Really? Green Bay? Yeah, that's where we headed for. My former wife was from Green Bay. Ah. Yeah. So I lived there eight years. Really? But Yeah. I worked in the packing house in the beginning after working at cleaning the Lambo football field and the Green Bay Arena. And then somebody got me a job in the packing house. For three years, I worked cutting meat and became a drunk and became everything else as bad as the cows I was cutting and all this. And then suddenly lost my wife, my kid, became totally obnoxious, you know. And a friend of mine was living in the same apartment, got a hold of me and said, why are you a brilliant guy? Why don't you study, you know, go to school? Why waste your life, blah, blah, blah. So I said, nah, I cannot go, you know, university because I failed, you know. Good. Um, certificate, what school certificate are you talking about? Oh, you know, they call it, or oh, then I realized I'm talking about British standard of education. This is America, man. You said for the SAT, they call it. If you can pass through, you can go through university. That's why he was explaining to me. You know? And then immediately asked him, does that include mathematics? Yeah, I said, yeah, forget it then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't pass mathematics. Forget it. I can't pass mathematics. Oh, no. Why? What's the matter? So I told him the whole shebang, you know, how I was tortured as a kid in mathematics for not knowing the Tables, you know, and stuff. Getting cane and getting my pants lowered and all this in school. Torture. Clear torture. If I was in America, I would have shot my teacher. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but then he said, okay, okay, don't worry. Come. 
come to the university, I'll introduce you to the math counselor and so on, but try. So I went and I sat and studied for a semester of mathematics. I remember his name, Mr. Armstrong. And for three tests, I made 100% correct. I was shocked. I said, this is all it is? Yes, it is all it is. What the hell do you expect? <laughs> you <know>? That's great. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, I went through five, instead of four years, it took me five years because I was so enjoying, you know, being in university. Really? Graduate. Yeah, designed my own degree. Wow. University without, with the university without walls, they call it. Program. Wow. That was pioneered at University of Medicine. Still have. I wish, you know, now I would send a letter to them and say, hey, you should keep up with the result of your pioneer program that involved me doing these studies. And this way I have ended up, you know, with stack full of journals, stories, blogging and everything, all because of your program. You know, the first trip I did was to, um, to England through the university. Yeah. Yeah, my my program was Art in Quest of the Universality, the title of my proposal. Mm. At that time, it sounds so, you know. <laughs> but now I realize that's what it is. You're looking for the spiritual side of universality. And this is where you have ended up so far. You know, still doing it, traveling mm. all over the world. And I first England, and then I went to uh, Southwest, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado. Keep journals on them, took pictures, came back, wrote all about it, gave to the professors, got my, you know, result. And then next semester, I left for Colombia and Ecuador. Really? Traveled through, yes. Traveled all the way through Colombia to Ecuador. Took mushrooms in Ecuador and float in the clouds, you know, all these things. So, anyway, uh, after that, uh, by then I had my divorce and all this. My son left for Germany mm. with his mom. Where I let go, that part of my life, I had to let go. I don't fight it. Mm. And then uh, I came back. I went to Alaska two years in the Aleutian chain. Supposed to be commercial fishing, you know. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, an, that's another story from Green Bay, Wisconsin. We had to find a, a friend of mine. We had a show two-man show at the Berlin Hospital in Green Bay. He was hanging up beautiful photographs of the sceneries out of this world, rocks that were colorful, volcanoes that were smoking. I said, where the hell do you take all this? I didn't know him before. Where did you take all these pictures from? Said, oh, I go to Alaska fishing every summer. Um, oh, yeah. Can I come along? Oh, no, no, you cannot. You have to have a job there. The Aleutian chain, Isles, they don't have, you know, it's very expensive. No hotel, I mean, one hotel, one horse town. Please, please, you know, it costs you to go from Green Bay to get to Alaska. Mm-hmm. I say, how are you going? I go to drive, I drive my car. Can I please, if I get some money, can you take me? I was desperate then. I was leaving, you know. Mm-hmm. I had to leave Green Bay, I was going crazy. 
very cold. Anyway. Green Bay, you're going from a very cold place to a colder place. No, 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 no. That's that's not right. Really? Green Bay was colder than Alaska. And finally really? That, <laughs> yes. You know why? You why? know why? Because Green Bay sits on the Great Lakes in mm. winter, and it's open. So mm. the wind blows. When the wind blows across the lake, it's, the wind chill factor can get to 100 below zero. Wow. And I'm not talking from, from fact. I'm talking from experience. Wow. Right? The pipes underground all crack, all your gas pipe and all this just go to hell. Wow. So, yeah. And whereas Alaska, where I was, in the Aleutian chain, in winter, the area is inf- affected by the warm currents that c- comes out from Japan. Mm. So all you get is pretty misty rain and wind, you know, but not so cold. Wow. Whereas in winter, in summer, it's the opposite. Mm. Although you don't get very cold, still doesn't get very warm either. Mm. So I, I lived in the Aluhim chain and uh, I... A uh, small town called Sandpoint, where mm. they're fishing areas. As, and and uh, when I was fishing there, I was very lucky because, well, <laughs> luck has always been on my side. I arrived there after three days of driving from Green Bay to Seattle, stayed in Seattle for a day with my the boss. I didn't know any of them before I got there, but anyway, bought a plane ticket to Anchorage. From Anchorage, we had to fly to Sandpoint, and I was $87 short for the ticket, so I had to borrow from my friend. So you talk about one-way ticket to Alaska, that's my story. Huh. <laughs> mm. I had no money to get back, no money to stay there for, for mm. <laughs> So when I landed on the, at the airport, the, the, the skipper was walking over, yelling, screaming, and then he said, one of the guys couldn't make it. I look up at the sky and say, Alhamdulillah, thank you, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I got on the Iceland, the boat called the Iceland. And uh, we were fishing for halibut. I couldn't survive that damn sea. It was so rough, man. Mm. And big gales and all these. You see them in the, in the Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. People's fishing for, yeah. That's how it was. So, I did paintings instead. There was a restaurant there, only one restaurant. I have people hang out. I went in the restaurant with the skippers and so after we came back from one ten days of fishing, make a good amount of money for them. Sat at the end of the, by the door because we were a pool of captains and young and, and you know, all the fishing guys from the boats. They came in. Oh, it was 4th of July. Then the waiter, waitress, was walking with two trays of pizza, large pizzas. She walked away. I look at her and I say, I am in love. I shouted, actually. I, you know me, right? I mean, I, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> shit just comes out of my mouth, right? Of uh-huh. course, I want a few shots of on, on whiskey or whatever. And I'm in love. Oh, loud. So there's like 40 fishermen, all big and husky, 
well, at least most of them after her anyway. She mm. turned around. She turned around and looked at me, right? With long hair and everything. And again, I said, I am in love. <laughs> so this one colored guy with long hair, filthy looking from fishing and all this. You know, everybody stopped eating and looking. I had a strong arm, grab, fingers grab my arm under the table. You want to die, you son of a bitch? You want to die? He goes, yeah, Captain was holding my hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. After that, we went out. Went to the boat. They all had a good laugh on me, right? In the evening, I challenged them. I'm going to go see her. I was drunk. I was filthy. No shower. Ten days of fishing. Most of all, it smelled. Oh, man, I can't imagine. But I walked up that road towards her place in the dark. A German husky, I'm not German, Alaskan husky, sitting on a deck there, slowly got up. He's about my, the, as tall as my hip, and taller maybe. Started walking nicely towards me. Mm. I kneel, knelt down, pick up a big rock. I said, you know, I don't give a shit, come. <laughs> I was sickness of dogs. <laughs> Because I got bitten in Green Bay, Wisconsin, about two inches from my balls. That's another story, right? A German shepherd beat me in Green Bay at night. So I had this fear of dogs. That's another story. Anyway, he must have sensed. Maybe because I was so drunk. It doesn't affect fear or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. He retreated backwards. like It was like a slow motion movie, you know? He retreated, went back. I went to a room, to an apartment, one or two apartments only on the island. Knock on the door, and she opened, she looked at me, she stepped back. What the? Mm. Yeah, well, you know, I told you I'm in love. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You go back and clean up yourself. <laughs> That's all it was. Mm. It took. And after that, I was living with her for two years. How many? Eating the best food in town. How many? Two years. Two years. Yeah. What about the white dress? Huh? What about the white dress? She owns a restaurant. She wasn't the waitress. Oh, she owned the restaurant. Yeah. We ended up living together. I made more money painting the boats, you know, on canvas. Are you telling me you lived together with the owner of the restaurant? The only restaurant in town. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> we live in a mobile home. There was no houses pretty much. There were mostly mobile home. People bring up, you know, buildings from the south. Mm-hmm. There was only one school, one one uh, post office, one policeman. Mm. We all became friends after a while. Mm. Then we travel, we travel at the end of the year, travel all the way to Hong Kong, Malaysia, Thailand, came to Penang with her. Yeah. You, you and that woman? Yeah. What, what's your name? Judy Penini. <laughs> huh. I went to meet her parents in uh, Kent, Washington. Mm-hmm. Stayed there for a year. But it doesn't work out. Things when things don't work out, I, I become shit. I mean, it's like it's 
like karma and it works against you and it works it kicks you out move on like you know mm. that's how I come I left after that I returned to Green Bay I had nowhere else to go I couldn't return to Malaysia or whatever I never kept in touch with my family here nobody knows what was going on mm. so anyway uh, I uh, came back to Green Bay and ended up living with the assistant dean of students international mm. student coordinator beautiful lady now and she's lawyer somewhere in New York but we we stayed together two two years almost <laughs> mm. yeah my my life as I would say rotates on our two year cycle mm. <laughs> so anyway uh after that it didn't work out I was Again, back on my, you know, streak, like my father. But doing very well in art. I was doing, I was printmaker, you know. There was a lady there, an elderly lady of her 60s, in her 60s. We used to work and chat together. One evening she came, we were both cleaning the copper plates, you know, wiping away. She nudged me with her elbow. Sam, I think it's time for you to go, you know. I was shocked. I said, yeah, I can I, I look at it. Yes, you are right. Thank me to leave. I was, I was total loose, drunk, you know. And then living with an assistant dean of student wasn't good, you know, for her image and so on. So I said, okay, you go now. I mean, they said, my son has is being ordained in the Daibosatsu Zen Center in New York oh. as a monk. Yeah. And he wants to open a Zendo in New York. So you can go to New York, be with him, join him. It's okay. But later at night, that evening, she called me back. Sam has a change of plan. My son is not going to open his Zendo in New York. He wants to open his Zendo in California. Mm. And happens to be in Corte Madera, right? Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. Really? So, yeah. So, see, that's how my life was. Corte Madera? Wait a minute. Yeah. Out of Daibo Satsu? Yeah. Can you what was his was? name? Why didn't you guess? Dennis Kelly? That's right. Oh, my his God. Mother, his ah. mother was Rosella Kelly. Oh my God! And Rosella Kelly, Nasmini, that's yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know a great deal about Dennis. I knew Dennis. Uh, yes. Uh, that is. Yeah. So you Jumbo. just Jumbo. you go on. I won't <laughs> say anything about him. You go on. <laughs> anyway, he rented a school. Rooms in Cote Madera, right? Two twenty Cote Madera. Yeah. Two rooms. He converted into a Zendo. Worked together with his brother Patrick. Cleaner whole place, uh, you know. I I met his Perfect. brother too. I didn't know his brother yeah. was with him in the Zendo, but uh, no, he years. just he just worked. Yeah. He didn't come in uh -huh. or whatever. Oh yeah, he was, he was great. He was they great. <laughs> he did work for me at Zen Center in the Page Street. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, 
Then he's and me were doing heavy duty yoga, you know. He was teaching me guerrilla yoga. I call it guerrilla yoga. Yeah. Students, students would come and we'd do a lot in the evening. One day, one of the positions on the floor, he wrenched my arm across and it hurts bad. I felt a, a real surge of pain in my chest, you know. But it disappeared after a few minutes, you know, and I thought nothing about it. That was New Year's Eve. I went home, woke up in the middle of the night. I, I felt like a heart attack, man. I was, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't raise my body. I couldn't move my body. I was scared shitless. I thought I was dying. That's it. Nobody in the house. There was supposed to be like four other guys. They all worked. It was New Year's Eve. Everybody disappeared. I couldn't yell. It was too painful. So I was right there. Then uh, I was somehow, I could lean to the side. And my, I was sleeping on the futon on the floor, right? My wooden, wooden floor. Mm. And I couldn't move, right? And then I said, I look at the window. I saw a squirrel in the dark. And night, you were on a branch outside. I say, God, if this is death, I said in Islam because I was in the still my mind was back to the entire needs. I say, Allah, if this is death, I accept it. You know, I said that. Mm. And the moment I said that, my head dropped to the floor with a smack. Boom. I felt like somebody's, you know, real heavy slap on my face to the floor. After a while, I don't know how long, but I heard this whistling sound from far. And it came closer and closer. And then I felt like a worm climbing into my nose. And it went in. Then I realized I was it was air trying to get in. Mm. So I sucked in my breath, right? Mm. I was trying to help it. And I sucked in my breath. I'm telling you in detail because if I don't go through that, you wouldn't know this, right? You wouldn't. I'd suck in my breath and this searing pain caught me again, right? Mm. Oh, I couldn't move again. I'm, my head became hung up between the floor about half foot up again. And I couldn't shift myself or whatever, right? Mm. As a little voice that said in my head, look, breathing is happening to you. Don't struggle to breathe. Let it happen, right? Mm. That's how it is. I took slowly, this chest kind of goes up and down. Slowly, my body leans back on my back slowly by itself. I was just like was laying there watching things happening, you know. But I suffered for over a month. I couldn't even walk. <clears throat> and I couldn't go to work. I couldn't make any money. By that time, I was working with a British guy. I... From Kota Madera, he works as a renovation. He goes around renovate banks, install the building and thought for San Francisco. Anyway, for a month I couldn't work. And so I didn't have a place to go. Banks had taken me to Green Gulch before, when I first arrived, right? Yeah. I remember that place that you took me? I told them, why didn't you take me there? Try that, you know. So I went there. 
fortunately, uh, Paul Disco was working in his the shop. So we walked slowly up to the shop, and I then told Paul I will stay if I can stay here for a while to recuperate. Paul said no. Then I look at her saying, please, I beg Paul, you know. I say, I, I have nowhere to go, and I think uh, this is the end of it, you know. I don't know anybody in California, in San Francisco at that time, except Dennis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually, Paul said, okay. You know, stay. What year? Uh, stay. What year was that? That was eighty three. Oh my gosh! Eighty four, maybe eighty three. Yeah, eighty three, eighty four. Wow! Yeah, that's when I met you then. Yeah, Liars and Thieves. You gave me an album. Oh, music for a comic book video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so anyway, then I go make a fool of myself. I drink out. Or doing all the crazy stuff. I like what? Like what? <laughs> well, <laughs> banging bells when people were sitting at the bypassana retreat of Tignahan. Mm-hmm. You remember you don't know? <laughs> oh yeah, I you mean, mean you mean the way he would hit a sort of mindfulness bell and then everyone yeah, yeah. But no, he I did went, that while did people go- were working. No. Oh, he did it in meditation, too? They were all sitting too. in the zendo. They were all sitting in the zendo, 70, 80 people. And I was not going to the sitting. I refused to. I slept. And then I dreamt. In the, my room, I dreamt. Right? Uh, how did, that was a beautiful dream. That was a dream that caused me to walk right off my room, go to the big bell hanging on the tree, and I bang it. Boom. I mean, did it spiritually, you know. Don't just simply bang. Everybody, nobody came out to stop me or whatever, right? I was there. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, remember David Lewitt? Oh, of course. Yeah. We used to walk up and down Green Gulch and start yelling, right? They yell loud to hear the echoes of our voice. We would challenge ourselves see who would stop the horses on the side of the hill. Uh, by If the horses stop eating and they look up, that your voice have reached them, right? Tiny packs of horses. Mm. We would yell in the middle of the field. So anyway, when my dream was sitting in the corner by the pond, you know, and we walk up there in the corner. Mm. Yeah. I dreamed that I was sitting there and then I yelled. And when I yelled, this whole mountainside of the Tamalpais all the way down to the, the beach start rumbling and the, the hills start dropping into the ocean. I mean, I swear to God, that's what was happening. I was sitting there, holy shit. I, hmm. In my dream, right? And then that's, this voice says, oh man, Blanche is going to be pissed at you. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Blanche is going to be pissed at you. Oh, I got, I got pissed too. I said, 
fuck if I can drop mountain into the ocean and who's <laughs> who am I scared of? Right? Mm. So I walked out, I went to the big bell and I sat back in it. They were all sitting. After the sitting no, after the sitting Paul came to the door knock gently. Hey Sam, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm resting. I can't click. Okay, take it easy. Lay down. Come out when you're done. That's all he said. And then nobody said a word about it. Even a few people came to me and said, hey, thank you, man. Thank you for that bell ringing, man. I was falling asleep. I was so fucking bored. I was, my back was hurting. Many, many of our regular series in all my group. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was a great break, man. I was shocked myself. I thought people were going to be pissed, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Another time, we were sitting in Sashin and still. Mm-hmm. I started chanting in the Pali. I was chanting in Oslo. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. The rap Anderson got up and came to me. If you don't shut up, I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> I said, fuck you. <laughs> so that made me never got along. The only person who never got along couldn't handle me. Yeah. Uh, oh, you say you couldn't get along with Reb? Yeah. You know what uh, the Japanese lady in the, in the tea house said? To us, me yeah, and my Naka, friend, Nakamura Sensei. Sensei, Nakamura Sensei. He's yeah. a fake. Nakamura Sensei to, to us. Red is a fake. <laughs> yes. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. She was. She was tough, man. She was uh, tough yes. as nails. And but yeah. for, um, I I got along with her all right, but um, I I wasn't her student. Uh, in tea ceremony or that chanting she did. Uh, yeah. But I'd relate to her time, and then I'd be a guest at a tea ceremony, and she was yeah. very strict. Um, it is. Uh, oh, she's, she's, yeah. She's beautiful, and she's not. Yeah. We used to visit her. She would give us these people would buy her all this fancy Japanese cakes and stuff. She don't eat. She'd give it to us. We would, me and uh, Suryoshi, What's his name? Japanese kid? Guy from, he was a mountaineer. I don't know if you remember him. He came to stay with us for a while. Work out in, in the fields, couldn't speak English much. Uh, and me and him kind of become buddies. Uh-huh. So he used to give a massage, and I would, he would invite me along. And we would sit and chat away, laughing with the camera sense. So go to the topic, topic of monks and habits and all. That's so what she said, you know. Oh, rabbit. It's a fake. <laughs> we both laugh like that. Hmm. Yeah. So, hmm. uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. I have the greatest respect at getting out of Paul. Hmm. And then that's... Uh, What's his name? Oh, my God. The cook. Ed Brown? Ed Brown, yes. 
he's crazy, but he's okay. He's genuine in <laughs> heart. <laughs> yeah. 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 He got along very well. Yeah, he took me to his home in, uh, where, uh, along the beach there, uh, somewhere. Mm. Uh, I, I, I have a good respect. And then Blanche, of course, Blanche. Blanche is like my grandma, you know. But I have a lot of love and respect for her. Can you be quiet, Scobby? Can you be quiet and, you know, everybody's so embarrassing. I was making love with me. That cat and loud, I guess. With a Swiss, with my little uh, <laughs> tiger son in Switzerland. I found out I had a son in Switzerland when he was 17 years old. Where was he? I met his mom in the Green Couch. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She left. Pregnant, I didn't know. Pardon? Who? Yeah. Remember Lee the Barrows? Oh, of course. That's who drove her to the airport. Sent now, her home. Now, drove to the airport a woman yeah, named what? Sweet. Woman named what? Oh, my God. He called me there right there. Well, all right. What was your relation? What was your relationship to her? She was sleeping in there. She what? She what? We were sleeping together. Ah, yeah. All right. So yeah, did you so say she? Me, did you say you had a so son? Much noise. Did you? Yeah, say, she got did, pregnant. Yeah, with with your with your son. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Oh. She didn't tell me. She didn't tell me. I sent her home because I said, my life is useless. You see me. I got nothing in my life. But you, you have cured. You're beautiful now. She came, but she came there like a, you know. Anyway. 17 mm-hmm. years later, in the, in the email, I saw, I'm so so. Remember you were in California, in Gringouts? Yeah. Not so and so. He said, you know, and then I said, yeah, I would like to meet my father, 17-years-old kid, on the email. So I said, yeah, welcome to the family. You got one older brother and two, uh, one younger brother and a sister. That's all I said on the email. I never asked, how do you know all this? No. I just, I said, I, I, you know, it's the truth. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sylvia. That's right. Sylvia. Yeah. Mm. She was, what was your wife's name, former wife? Mm. And what was her name? That, your former wife. Pardon me? Your former wife. Oh, yeah. mine? Yeah. Elon? Yeah, they were good friends. They know. Elon and yeah. Sylvia. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Sylvia. She's kind of tall, short hair, and everybody was after her, of course. Hmm. Everybody in the Zen, I mean, most of the eligibles. <laughs> I was only after Elon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, now I have a son in Switzerland. Uh, I went to visit him, stayed with him. 
met his grandparents. Mm -hmm. And uh, my first son, he was a pilot in Dubai. Ah. So we, yeah, we arranged a meeting at his house in Dubai. So my son came from Switzerland. I went to stay with my son in Dubai, and we met three of us there. Mm. 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 That's another story. <laughs> mm. yeah. So, so um, while you were at Green Gulch, did you, that's at the time that uh, Richard Baker left. Just after. What do you remember about him? Did you ever meet him? You see Baker? No. I met him. I, by, I just saw him. Yeah. But I met his daughter, a young girl, a little girl. Well, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah. That's who I hang out with mostly. Man, with the stories. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So anyway, I had a talk with Paul about that. You know, I said, hell, this place is going down to shit. Because of that guy, why don't we turn it around, man? Put it back together on the board, you know? That's what we did. Yeah. The group of us that was practicing, we were very serious. You were just coming in and out. They well, I was I was director there. Uh, I lived there yeah. in from March 85 uh, through 1986, and... I was I was an interim mm. director for six months in '85, and then in '86 mm. they just let me live there, uh, mm. and I worked at Greens, and um, uh, I was a little crazy, and I wrote a lot of music. Yeah, you, were, you were, yeah. I wrote a lot of songs. Why <laughs> uh, oh, I like you? And I made a I made an album uh, in '86. Actually, I yeah. That, and that's when I, I did the, uh, uh, the, that album you had music for a comic book video. I had just yeah. finished it when I moved there, but I had to do, you know, get it into a record and stuff like that there. And then, yeah. uh, I did another one the next year that was totally different, much more conventional. Uh, yeah, that was great. They were really good to me. And, um, uh, Paul and Gloria were very good to me too. And uh, we would fight mm -hmm. some, but, uh, basically are very good. And then, uh, Zen Center was so great back then. I mean, really, they let me, mm -hmm. they let me just sort of go I through know. what I was going <laughs> through that year. And then I was yeah. the head cook in the city the next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they tried to stop it in the city, the officers, but they couldn't. They had too much seniority. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's why I met. And another one of my favorite guys there was Peter Rodnick. Oh, yeah. Peter was my closest friend there. Yeah. Out of the Zen circle, you know. He out eventually the, he stopped a, smoking pot, if you uh, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he was the one that uh, I was closest to most ah, yeah. out of the Zen. Yeah, he and I were close uh, too. Uh, yeah, we'd mainly down in the field where yeah. he worked. You know, I remember my son was studying in Berlin High School. Visited me, 
Mm. And uh, so his mom, before he came, told me that I had to talk to my son about drugs and stuff. Because the school required that. So I said, what the hell am I going to say to the kid, you know? I always like to get stoned. So, okay. So he came. Came to Green Gulch. I was at Green Gulch. Told Peter, let's go for a drive. Peter took him along. He sat in the middle. We drove in his Peter's old truck. Went all the way to the back. Then took out a joint. I did it. Gave Peter. He Peter smoked. And gave it back to me. I said, give it to my son. My son jumped right out of the truck. He practically jumped over me and right out of the door, right? He doesn't want to smoke and all. I grabbed his jacket. He had his big... Uh, high school jacket. <laughs> I grabbed it at the neck and he fell. It was like it was like a movie, man. I dragged him, he fell backward to the door and said, Listen, if you can say no to your father, you can say no to anybody. That's the end of my talk with you on drugs. Now go. Peter Lali <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, so I had a kid. That's being a Zen student, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He mostly told his mom about it. Yeah. His mom is a real strict school teacher, you know. Mm. So anyway, yeah, little, little things like that, really. To me, was, as they say, the, the details, is, the devil is in the details, right? They say, mm. the details. <laughs> yeah. And then there was Sierra. The dog that cured my fear of dogs. Yeah. Mm. Remember, I believe being beaten by German Shepherd. Every time I hear a clink, dog chain, my yeah. blood runs cold. Fear, right? Then Sarah came to Long Green Girls and hang out with me. Had this big saw on her lower back, and I healed it. And I put medication while she took care of me until. And every middle of the night, we would run. She would lead the way, and I would run behind her, wearing Gore-Tex reindeer and all this. Left by my Japanese mountaineering friend, he left me all his equipments. Oh, at that time, yeah. And Sarah would lead me, and we would run one circle around down to the beach, up the hill, back down to Hope Cottage, and then wake down. No, oh wow! Some people, some people know. That's a long way. Yes. And Hope Cottage, that's really steep. You run up to yeah. there? Yes, yes. Wow, that's Nobody really knows. admirable. Yeah. Until a few people know, until, you know, like Terry Sutton, one day called me at the door. Are you going out running again? Yeah. That was like two in the morning, three in the morning. You know, and in the dark, no light. The only thing that I could see was this white fluffy ball in front of me. I will follow that. And then one night I went to the beach at Muir Beach. Mm -hmm. I sat down at the edge of the water, kind of felt a little sentimental or whatever, thought of my mother and so on. I knelt down and put my head on the wet sand. Sierra was running around. I can see her in the corner of my eye, you know, running around. And then there was this... Padding came, boom, 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 came to my head. I was a big breathing, hot air on my face, sniffing at my face, you know. I said, oh, shit. I was telling myself, I am dead now, man. This guy is huge. A big dog, right, was sniffing me. 
on the sand in the dark and near the beach. Then I, from the corner of my eye, I saw Sierra, you know, little fastballs running back and forth over quite a distance away, right? This thing, whatever it was, leave me and then turn, turns around and walk away. And that's when I look up, it's a huge dog, you know, like a baby horse, man, running, walking away. And you hear his footstep on the sand, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Did you yeah. ever see that dog any other time? No, no. I know what dog that was. Yeah. It, it. I mean, if you're talking a really, really huge dog, about as big as you'll ever see a dog. Yeah. Uh, he lived on the ranch next oh, door. Yeah. And uh, oh. his owner uh, called him, God, I think he called him Pig. Uh <laughs> And he told me, this is, my, this, is like this. this is my dog, Pig. He likes to kill dogs. Anyway, yeah. that dog did kill dogs, if we're talking about mm-hmm. the same one, at Muir yeah. Beach. Yes. And some people in Muir Beach uh, killed it eventually. Yeah, this came to me. This is real, you know, big face. I didn't dare move, man. That was my meditation right there. I didn't move a muscle, and I only glanced at Sierra on the, and then he went away. Yeah, well, I, he wasn't after people. Uh, I think he was mm. a mastiff. Oh, I I was telling myself that they're thanking Sierra, and I say because of this old lady, because Sierra in that area is an old dog, right? I mean, I think because of her, this dog doesn't cause any problem for me. Mm. That was my connection, you know. We used to run up the hill way out of the top and then sit and watch the lights in San Francisco Bay for a while, resting. I <laughs> mm. was talking to her, yeah. And then run down. Mm. So anyway, that's my green. That's a lot of stories of green dogs. Green dogs. Mm. How long? What, what, mm. what years were you there? I think. 83, 84, 84, 85, something like that. I have my books here. Yeah, I think, I think your time, my time there was almost all after your time, but I remember you and it's true. I did, I was living in Bellinas before I lived there. So I'd come in sometimes or I'd be there a few days or something. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, of course I remember you. I knew you, but there there was some overlap. Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. I think you took me once to a friend's house. He has this, in the basement, he has this big organ musician. Oh, that's where that? I made the album. Yeah. You took me there. Yeah. To meet him. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Red Davidson. Uh, Red Davidson. Uh, okay. Big redhead guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, upstairs was Scott, who died not long ago, uh, mm. who dealt cocaine to uh, a select group of um, firemen, policemen, and people in the rock and roll world. <laughs> uh, and like, it is like, uh, like uh, Dennis Kelly. Dennis Kelly spent three years in prison for. No, no, he spent right? one year. He spent one year in prison. Dennis? Yeah. 
Danny Hector spent three years. No? Okay, I'll, well, I have to. I'll have to fact check that. I thought mm. he only spent one year, which is a miracle. But Dennis wasn't like the Scott. Dennis was a major oh. LSD manufacturer and distributor uh, mm. in, in America. He was an important, uh, yeah. and he he dropped bags with ten thousand dollars off in the office of Zen Center. And uh, he was, uh, yeah, uh, he was not close to Zen Center, but I, I, I knew him, and uh, yeah. he was. Um, he, he, I was talking to him. I said, "We need all this." Uh, no, I think it was Alan Marlowe. You remember Alan Marlowe? I think this is sound name to me. Yeah. Well, Alan uh, wasn't a Green Gulch person. He was City Center. Anyway, Alan was an old friend of Dennis's. They'd been in India together. Alan, Alan's in mm. Dennis's autobiography. Uh, oh, yeah? Well, which has uh, a, a good deal of misleading stuff about uh, him and Zen Center. Uh, but anyway, mm. I've, I've, uh, I've got it on my, uh, I've got it on cuke.com, you know, my main website. I, I've got yeah. the book. I've got the part about it. You know, I talk about what he says. I don't, I did it without being critical, uh, mm. but you can you can read. <laughs> um, you, you, you send me the infos. That's Dennis's autobiography you're talking about, right? Yeah, it, look, just I never, never thought he wrote. Just if you go to cuke dot com, c u k e dot com, my main website. Just write Dennis mm-hmm. Kelly in the site search box. C u k e cuke dot com. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and then you have his autobiography in there. I have the excerpts from it yeah. about yeah. Uh, Zen Center. Uh, okay. And um, uh, and I tell about uh, my experiences with him. Uh, mm. You know, before he went to prison, he mm. had his last meal at Green's restaurant, Zen Center's restaurant. And, mm. you know, so I spent time with him there. I was the host. Uh, mm. And um, uh, anyway, I think the book says he only did a year, but um, okay, which is amazing. I, mean, I got it wrong. Um, amazing. Mm-hmm. It's true because mm. uh, he's a, he's a kingpin. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, well, I mean, mm. I don't think anybody should go to jail for LSD, but that people were. Uh, mm. I mean, I have a friend who went eight years to prison mm. for manufacturing LSD. He loved it, too. It turned his life around. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I've met other people like that. Uh, yeah. uh, you the know, part, the, part, the part I was telling you about with Dennis, yeah. when I got sick, the opening day of the Zendo, yeah. Dennis invite, invited the abbot from Daibosatsu. Yeah. Uh, Edo. What's his name? Edo Shimano. Edo Shimano. Yes. Came. And I was sick. I didn't, I didn't go. But later on, I went. I walked slowly, sick, and I was high on codeine. Doctor gave me codeine, V-codeine, or whatever they call them, for pain. And I walked down there slowly and suddenly sat outside the door. And after a while, I got in. 
I went, bow to the shrine on the floor, pick up that stick that we the, the monk used to hit people. Yeah. What do you call it? I uh, went over well, to the Well, the short one is uh, Nioi. Uh, yeah, the long, the but long that's one. the abbot stick. It's short and it's sort of yeah. curved. No, the long one. You're, the, the long one, on that's the, in Rinzai, yeah. it's the Keisaku. And yeah. at Zen Center, the, had, which doesn't yeah. use it anymore, it's the Kyosaku. I, I knelt down, pick it up, raise it over my head properly, and so I turn around, I raise it and smack it down on Edo Shimano's Roshi's head. On his what? And on his what? Head. On his head. You're he supposed to do it, it on the shoulders. No, this time it was right in front of him. I brought it down, and he, luckily, being very good Zen teacher, maybe martial artist or whatever, he raised both his hands in a cross, like a block, you know. The stick wouldn't hit his head. And I didn't, had no intention of hurting him, but I was expressing my anger to the fullest I can. What were you angry I, about? About the fact that I was hurting so bad, and Dennis did nothing, practically nothing. Yeah, he said he's celebrating a 40, 50 students in there who never knew the Zen or whatever. Inviting his teacher over, and I was just left you know, for a few days and never even visit, never even bring food, nothing. You know? So I was so pissed. And I'm pissed because I was high on codeine and maybe even smoking. Well, I don't remember, but because there was no surprise. So I was in so much pain, I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk when I was at Green Gulch. So anyway, I brought that stick down right on his head, and he blocked. And I raised the stick back, bowed to him, put the stick back, and walked out. Then he was shouting from the corner, Shame! So didn't direct. I hope he doesn't write about that. But uh, and then next day, Edo Shimano she doesn't want me to go to New York. Zendo doesn't want me. There's a student there. I just thought that. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So, you see. Anyway, that's Rinzai. Deal with it. You want an action in Rinzai style? That's action in Rinzai style. That then will never open after that for a while. Close it down. You know? How, yeah, really how long was the Court of Madeira Zendo going? I don't know. A year or so, maybe. Not even. Yeah. Mm. Uh, incidentally, Dennis had a BMW just like Richard Baker. Yeah. And he drove me all the way to Oregon. Huh. Way into the jungle, into the forest, Redwood Forest, about 30 kilometers in, there's this huge mansion of his with a big pond in front, no houses around, just another a caretaker there, brewing wine or whatever. And we did yoga training there, the two of us. Mm. <laughs> Imagine driving with Dennis Kelly in his BMW all the way to Oregon, right? <laughs> Yeah. Sean, so he goes, Sean, what's the imperturbable mind? He goes, shouting at me. Hmm. What's the imperturbable mind? <laughs> That's the first time I learned about Zen through, you know. Yeah. Anyway, it's pretty cool, though, Dennis. I, I admired him. It's 
very good, tough man, tough personality, everyone. Yeah, he was, uh, true. he was charismatic. Yes, that's the word. Yeah. As a Zen, as a Zen abbot, even, you know, he's got the character. Yeah. Yeah. He died More. like a year ago or something. Yeah, yeah. He died. He got cancer for a while. Yeah. Cancer of the throat. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. If not for his mother, I wouldn't have been on the Zen trip. His mother was the one that got me. So, this is yeah. interesting. How much older than you was his mother? Oh, at that time, maybe 30 years older, maybe 20, 30 years. Oh, really? Wow. She, so, so, yeah, when you said uh, she was 60, she told you it was time to leave, yeah. to go. Yeah. And she sent you yeah. to him. Huh, yeah. far out. Mm. And you know what happened when I landed first time in San Francisco? And it's another story. Mm. Right? After packing everything on big portfolio of artworks, we didn't really amount to nothing after that. I had a big pack on my bag, and I landed there, and I was at the entrance door to walk outside. The swing, the door slide open, and the weather was hot and everything. I was scared shitless. I said, what the fuck are you doing with it? In your life, man, where are you going to go? Right? I spin around. I spin around practically to go back into the airport. Right? And I bumped into somebody. This monk, short, stocky, bald-headed Korean monk wearing his white kimono and all with a stick in his hand, right? Yeah. Coming to him. I yeah. step back and I bow to him. I said, sorry, you know, and he goes, he bowed to me and we about to each other and then his assistant came, a uh, white guy, you know, and, or what's his name? So in some name or something like that. So in some name, uh, he's giving me talking Berkeley tonight. You can go there with him. <laughs> mm. yeah, is, that, is, is that auspicious or not? That's the habit. First time walk, walk, walk out, right? Mm. And Korean habit. I have the article, I have the paper that he, the boy handed me. Of the of the lecture, I in my one of my sketchbooks, I mm. still have it. Mm. I don't bullshit people without proof right, mm. of what I did in my life. I have all in my journals. I'm looking for somebody who has the guts or the time or whatever to look into my journals and understand where the hell I've been, what the hell I've done. You know? mm. I have four kids, four children, two with me now from three different mothers. First one was American, Green Bay. Second one was from Switzerland. Third one was from Illinois. The first one had a first son, second one, one son. The third one had, you know, we were married at Green Gulch, right? Oh, what? Wait, us. wait. You were married yeah. at Green Gulch? Yeah, and the Zendo. To whom? Where were you? <laughs> you were there. Well, I don't know. I, I don't remember everything perfectly. Re <laughs> remind me. Who did you yeah. marry? Nancy. Nancy Bus. David, remember David Carlson? Yeah. David Carlson, so they were all living on 191 Hague Street. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where I met my wife. Nancy, what was your last name? Buss, B-U-S-S. Nancy Buss. Yeah, huh. she was uh, teaching uh, English second language for UC Berkeley. Huh. And, yeah, down the road from Bay Street, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Um, what, 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 when were you married? Uh, 19, what, 89? Wait, yeah, I think 89. I have my son in 1990. Well, 89, I was living in Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, 10, 10 days after we were married, she had my son. She was pregnant for 10, uh, 10 days. Hmm. So, she didn't want to get married, but I forced her. Regret for my son. Mm. Mm. That's the way California was. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. So anyway, yeah. So eighty nine. So you were at Green Gulch, eighty three, eighty four, into eighty five. And yeah, then, then I, where did you go then? I worked for H and A Ship Service on the waterfront. Hmm. It's a ship servicing company that goes around and service the battleships that come in and out of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They, you know, like their vacuum trucks, they go suck out all the bilge water and so on. Mm-hmm. So I was the supervisor for the tank carting, tank, tank operation, underground field tank disposal services. All mm-hmm. these underground tanks that were leaking all over California and about all the way south mm-hmm. coast, uh, west coast, would bring the tanks to our place. We cut them open and recycle. I was from the bottom sweeping the floor, became the, yeah, my boss called me the yard superintendent. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was a big operation, a multi-million dollar operation. Mm. So that's where I was after I left Green Gulch. Mm. And it was uh, being at Green Gulch that saved me to be there, to uh, be able to handle the waterfront mentality. People can't even write their name, came to work drunk, always stone, and work with the worst hazardous material, you know, cutting tanks. Imagine what it takes to cut tanks that used to contain fuel and all this. Mm. And we, and we, I have pictures of this, right? Like I say, if somebody wants to take the challenge to write about, yeah, I'm not talking shit. I got tons of books here, my journals, and I keep those pictures and the certificates and all that. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't happen. I'll just dump it all, you know? No. Life well lived. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Sounds good. Wow. So you were in San Francisco how long then? Ten years. Ten years. So from like yeah. 85 to 95? Uh, yeah, but, you know, 80, 83, four, three to four, I don't know. Well, 83, 80. you were at Green Gulch. Yeah. Uh, I just met, all right. So you were about seven years in San Francisco then, after you left Green Gulch. 
Yeah. Uh, I left I left uh San Francisco after we went I left from San Francisco, we went to Japan with my wife and kids. Yeah. We lived there for three years. What year did you go to Japan? 75. Say that again. 75. I mean, 95. 95. Right. Mm -hmm. I know I I associated with you in Japan, or I associated a memory of you in Japan, but I couldn't remember if we met there or not. No. No, we didn't. Yeah, I was already back. Where Where were you in Japan? Uh, living in Okayama, uh, studying, uh, living next door to, uh, Sogenji, where they have it, Shodo Harada. Uh, mm-hmm. we had, uh, very close friends in Kyoto. And I had some mm-hmm. contacts in Tokyo and had spent time there and other places. Mm-hmm. Other places. Yeah. Yeah, it was, dr- what'd you do in Japan? Pretty much mostly art. My wife was teaching. I took care of the kids at home, and in between, I'd, I'd go to the Museum of Fine Arts, Miyagi Museum of Fine Arts. They have a they have a program called uh, Open Studio for Public. They you can use all their equipments and stuff, and got help. Hmm. So I spent almost three years there. I had six solo exhibitions in Sendai. Oh, you know? where was this Sendai? Sendai, yeah. Oh. You know Sendai? Uh, not really. You know where the Fukushima mm-hmm. uh, tsunami? Yeah. That's in Sendai. Yeah, I, I never spent time up north there. Uh, yeah. uh Wow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how'd you I like Japan? How'd you like Japan? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, if I stayed longer, I most probably become a, <laughs> what do you call them? Expats. Yeah. Because my wife speaks and writes Japanese, teaches Japanese too. Oh. Now, yes, with, 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 what's this wife's name? Well, this one is Nancy. The one oh, I same one. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, her two kids are with me now. Thirty. One is thirty, the other thirty-one. How long were you with Nancy? Uh, can remember ninety-one to hmm, zero eight. No, you said you got married zero in eighty-nine. Eighty-nine, uh, nine. Oh, sorry, I went like getting mixed up now. Eighty-nine to. She passed away zero eight. Oh. Mm-hmm. She passed away in Illinois. She had uh, Alzheimer's. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, she left for Illinois in zero one, I think. Hmm. With my two kids, but her mother couldn't handle the two kids, and so she sent them back. I couldn't follow because of the. Uh, uh, September 11 thing. They won't allow anybody from Muslim countries to go back, to go in or out. You know, something like that. Very hard. 
for the waiting for the visa was a pain, so she went first. And then she ended up in the home because she had rapid, they call it rapid dementia and died there. Mm. So never got to see her. Mm. Mm. Anyway, I have some, some, some things you just have to kind of Sachis, you know, and who does it? Sachis. Sachis. What can mm. you do? Sachis. Take care of what is in front of you. So I took care of these kids and they're doing very well. <laughs> mm. I still am taking care. Mm. Mm. So I said, when I say doing nothing, means I'm doing just about everything I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Do the laundry, do the laundry, feed the birds with the cats, with the floor, do your dishes, do cook the food twice, you know, every day. Drive them to work, drive them back from work. These are the normal, you know. Now, where was this, where you were doing that? Where was, where were you doing that? This year, now. In in Malaysia? Yeah, right now. (laughs) In Penang, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both work in the same office. When did you go back? Back. When did you go back to Malaysia to Benang? To Malaysia? Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 went back. We came to Malaysia in ninety eight. Yeah. Ninety eight. Nine, ninety eight. Yeah. Ninety five. We arrived in Japan. Ninety six. Ninety seven. Ninety eight. Yeah. In between somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. Then, so after Japan, you went back to Penang. To Malaysia, not Penang, to, to East Coast, where oh. I grew up. Yeah. Uh-huh. That to me was a mistake, was a totally Muslim country, you know, really hard for my children. They couldn't speak English or Chinese, they were mostly talking Japanese by then. And they're just like right out of kindergarten. So they had to deal with the rough bullying and all this. But they handled it. They're doing fine now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I work as a safety officer for the petrol company that was building its refinery as a health and safety officer Mm. for three years after. Yeah. Wow. That's another story. <laughs> wow. Tell you shit about this job, too. Wow. And just, so just like H&H, I can tell you shit about this place, what happens. Mm. But I, I, I've come myself a blessing. I went through so much that even people listening to, to it, most of you think, this guy's full of shit. How can he be doing no, that? No, yeah. no. No, <laughs> no. Nobody think that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, uh, you shouldn't think it either. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's all, that's all, uh, quite a circle. Your life has yeah. had many places in the world, many experiences, and, mm-hmm. um, you were always, uh, a very individualistic, uh, person, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, Hmm. That's uh, 
really yeah. interesting. What do you, uh, yeah. I think we've done a, a pretty good job here. Is, is there anything you'd like to, um, uh, mention further? Sorry? Is there anything else you would like to add to, to this saga of your life? (laughs) Well, in my life throughout, I would say I have, I have, uh, transgressed, hurt people, you know, uh, some, how do I say, uh, I have betrayed trust. In some people, some good friends, and so on. For this, I cannot ask a personal apology or saying sorry to each of them, but I always ask for forgiveness for having wronged all the people in my life that I've wronged. That to me is very important because every time I pray, that's what I ask for. That the people I have uh, transgressed against in the meeting of people along with some in Green Gulch and some, you know, some I could make up with, but some, you know, most probably never forgive me for the things I've done, whatever. But that's my wish that uh, Mm. I find forgiveness or I ask for forgiveness, you know. Uh And yeah, I never had any, I would say, safely, Never had any ill intention of hurting people, but things happen for me. Things happen. Yeah, I have some bad habits, some you know ingrown bad habits, and some childhood bullshit that I have to live with. Mm. Like the twin brother I have, being raised uh, Buddhist instead of Muslim, all kind of crap that I had to deal with. You know, imagine being raised Buddhist in the school. What do people Muslims say? They call me kapia. You're not an infidel. You're an infidel. And then you go into a house full of Muslims. All your aunties, uncle, everybody except you and your uncle are Buddhists. And they don't know about it. They each don't know about it. How did they find out? Because at the age of 12, Muslims got to circumcise. So my auntie has a son who's a week older. came to my uncle. Oh, tomorrow he's going to circumcise. Why don't you have this kid join him? And my uncle looked at her like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's not Muslim. Ask him. Cats out of the bag. Ah. Uh, right? <laughs> uh, little to say the devil is in the details. That's it. <laughs> you look into each story, each has got his own trail, right? Oh, humans, we love to tell stories, they say. <laughs> mm. And it goes all the way. Mm. Yeah? Hey, so I... Instead of, yeah, go on. Sorry. Go on. Uh, instead of growing old, angry and negative and couldn't turn, you know, to a drug addict, total or drunk or whatever, I decided to turn it around, right? Use yeah. this as, 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 as Trumpa would say, as the fodder for the soil, you know. That's what you grow your, yourself with. It's all this crap. Throw it in the soil and grow your compost, right? Working at Green Gulf tells me this. Working on the compost is one of my favorite things. Keeps reminding myself. Mm. Remember the compost pile? <laughs> Green Gulf? Well, there were, yeah. yeah, yeah, more than yeah. one. Anyway, yeah. So, to me, that was my lesson. Turning things over, flipping things, 
changing instead of being angry and ending up an angry man. You know, totally out of could be a drunk somewhere or dead somewhere. I turn it around, go to the university, put myself through college, put myself travel all over the world. Eat at the most expensive restaurant in the world in Dubai, you know, and mm. then sleep on the floor somewhere because I was homeless after out of Green Lodge. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I've mm. been up and down <laughs> that mm. road so many times. But I survived. Yeah, I, I notice mm-hmm. in um, you 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 posted something uh, on Facebook on the uh, uh, you know there there was um, you know uh, uh, page there about uh, Ed Brown's being uh, banned from speaking again at <laughs> Zen Center, and yeah. in it you you said very nice things about him how accepting and understanding he was. But then you mentioned, uh, uh, you said some negative things about yourself and said eventually you were kicked out. You were asked to leave. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, a lot of people are asked to leave where they feel, well, it's time for them to move on. That happens a lot. That, that, that was not all totally correct because I was asked to leave by Paul. Right, mm-hmm. but he also say these doors are always open for you whenever you want to come back. Uh, so it's not a door, and I say kicked out because it kind of sounds more, you know, dramatic something. But it was Paul who said, "It's time to leave," you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, but the gates are always open for you. That's mm-hmm. why I keep returning and doing the practice. Mm-hmm. It was not. It was not grab or whatever. They may have, you know, demand that I be left kicked out, but they didn't dare because of Paul. Paul made the final decision. And he just gently said, time to go. So I said, yeah, mm. no problem. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. A lot of unforgiving people there who believe themselves to be good Buddhists, you know, I can point them out, but I, it's not my job. It's not my wife. I don't have anything to do with all that. It was just, you know, mm. shit in the wind, as they say. Mm. You know, but I, I'm not a fool who is blind. I play my role. I play my role to the maximum. The sum of things I do, not many people dare. Yeah. I sat and talked with Katagiri Roshi one-on-one. I sat and talked with Tignan one-on-one. I sat and talked with, her, you know, Paul and all the others. I never sat and talked with Fred Anderson. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well. That's all. Hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, um. Well, I really appreciate, uh, your talking with me so long and, uh, uh, it was very interesting what you had to say. And, uh, I, I, uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you had to say. And I'm really glad to be reminded about you and some of these details, uh, yeah. and about Green Gulch and, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, and so and Zen Center was very good to me. It was good to you. Yeah. Is this going on your cube.com? Uh, yeah. Is this conversation going on? Is what? No, Is no, 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 no. This no, podcast okay, will go up in a few months. Oh. It, it, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm way ahead. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I only put up one a week. Okay. Uh, and um, so give I'll me, let I'll let a, you know I'll let you know. Heads when. up, yeah. Give me a heads up. Uh, yeah, I will. I will. And then uh, I was in Ubud. <laughs> yeah. What, what? I was in Ubud. You were you Ubud. were what? I was in Ubud, Bali. Oh, when? Yeah, sometime I can't remember. Zero. I don't know, zero eight, zero one. Uh-huh. Uh, it's and changed a I lot. Have a, I have a journal of it, so I can always reflect back in the journals. Yeah. I made a lot of sketches in Bali, met a lot of yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, thank you very much for thank your time. Thank you. Thank you. Really good a, talking so with pleasant. you. Yeah. All right. So pleasant to be able to reminisce with you. Yeah, no kidding. Days. Okay. And maybe hopefully someday we'll meet. Who knows? You come here or I go there. Yeah. I might get lucky. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hope I go there have a place to stay or something. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Uh, all right. <laughs> Take care and come here and let me know. Yeah, I will. I will. It's not that far. Hell. Okay. Yeah. And I was right or something. That, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Say hi to the lady. She's there and... Uh, have a good one. Yeah. You too. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So, uh, hey, thanks a lot, Shamsul. That's very cool. <laughs> Enjoyed talking with you. I'm going to read you something he wrote uh, about Edward Brown, for Ed Brown, when Ed had a little problem uh, with uh, Zen Center, namely being banned from teaching there. And so there was stuff on uh, Facebook about it. Uh, And Shamsul wrote, Ah, so my teacher and good friend who accepted me unconditionally despite my unzenish ways. Ed, it is not a surprise to see that Some crap never changes, even in the Zen schools. Our way or the highway. You were never a team player, but nor were you a hypocrite either. You told your stories as it is, and sometimes the bones are too hard to chew. We all live and learn. I was kicked out of Zen Center, but not banned from it. (laughs) So that's what he wrote. He explains that kicked out. You know, he just said it was time to go, but you're welcome to come back. He he said he he liked saying it that way. It was more dramatic. Um, Anyway, so thanks. uh, And uh, maybe we'll meet again, Shamsu. This has been a Cuke Audio podcast. I'm D.C. Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives. Coming to you from Sleepy Senor with Dogget Bandita and dear lovely Katrinka. 
and we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening.